If you're love struck, we've got the medicine. I need you tonight to stay tuned because Nightclub is here in studio to talk about the devotion it took to get to their new album, Requiem for Romance. It's After Buzz TV's The Concert Experience, and it starts right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome, music fans, to AfterBuzz TV's The Concert Experience. I'm your host, the internet's Mark Bidonica. You can find me everywhere on the internet, at Mark Bidonica. And I'm tickled pink because we've got the electronic artist, Nightclub. It's weird because it's a singular name, but there's two of you. So it's like artists, artists. Which which do you prefer? Like artists, like plural, or singular for the band? Artists. 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 Yeah. Perfect. We got Nightclub here. We have Emily Cavanaugh and Mark Brooks. Thank you so much for, for coming back. Great yeah. to be here. Thanks for having us. It's it's been a little it's been a hot second. You came back for the uh, Lasers and Liars episode of Moonbeam City to talk about that. And That's we'll talk right. about the leg of uh, Moonbeam City uh, in a, in a little bit. But um, y'all started in, or y'all got together in 2011 mm-hmm. with uh, the first EP coming out in in 2012. How did how did Nightclub come about? Do you want to? Uh, we were <laughs> introduced by a mutual friend, started hanging out, uh, and we kind of realized that we both had similar kind of tastes in music, like really peculiarly similar, mm-hmm. like. Like I've never had with anyone, basically. Like, like really specific, specific things. Anyone willing to name? Yeah, I mean, just anything from like we both love the Vines first album, yeah, and and we listened to Vangelis, yeah. and <laughs> and you know what I mean. It was like really peculiar, and so and then we right. both love pop, but we like really dark music at the same time, and and it, a lot of times I found that people that like pop music don't necessarily like dark music, and then people that are like gothic dark don't seem to like pop in band structure. Like, oh, okay. They want to do a dark band, but not a dark pop band. There's plenty of room for that. Yes. Yeah. Especially since since the dawning of the internet, there's any sort of music can be done. And uh, your style, I've, I've heard it described as dark wave. Yes. Which blew my mind. I didn't know that was a thing. And it's, yeah. one, it's one of those things where once you hear the word, you're like, Oh, that's definitely what that is. That's that's one hundred percent what that is. Um, so when you when you decided to to start the group, what was your main? Did you have a main focus, or was it to bring all of these together and form mm-hmm. this type of a sound? I think we started. I mean, we kind of originally wanted to just write for other people. I think yeah. like we just kind of got together and we were like. Almost like we wanted to just write beats for people and just like <laughs> write songs, and so we wrote. Love struck, and I remember I was like, "Oh man!" Like, because I never, you know, I was never like a lead singer or anything before, mm. so I was just like, "I can't do this." Like, you know, I was really like weirdly insecure about it or something, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'll just like record the demo and then we'll give it to somebody or try to sell it or something." Like, I don't know. And so we recorded it, and then I think you were just like, "Oh, this is kind of..." Yeah, I think we just know. went into it like. Hey, we're going to write, let's try and write some songs for people because I've done it before and we just were like, let's, let's write some, some music together. Mm-hmm. And then we wrote that song and then we're like, wow, that's pretty good. That's kind of cool and it's a cool sound because it is that sound. Yeah. It's that dark pop sound. And so then Emily was going to basically just demo it and we were like, wait, you should just be the singer. Maybe we should do a band. Right. And it just be, <laughs> evolved into a band. Kind of into innocent. a band. And, awesome. would, and we would just meet at night. We would meet at night, and we called it nightclub. It was the nightclub. We would just meet and write songs. And it's surprising that nobody else picked has had I know. nightclub I know. as a group. Yeah, I and 
it was like what is it like it was like Rodney Bingenheimer or something and he was like he, yeah, he was the first guy it. to play us on the radio so mm-hmm. he played Lovestruck and he was like I can't believe no one's had a, a band called it's Nightclub so this obvious. entire time I've been doing this that's never come up that and it, it's very hard to believe yeah, and, yeah. but does that does it, do you run into trouble with with people trying to find you because it's it can be a I general think at term? At first, it was a problem, but mm-hmm. I feel like we have so much stuff online now that I think it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, at first, it, I think it was really difficult because yeah. it was not a, a very searchable word. But ultimately, like bands that, especially bands that I like, like some seventies like bands like The Cars, The Police, mm-hmm. like they're impossible to find things. But if you just put The Police music or the police band everything just comes up right so that's why our website's nightclub you, band yeah if you search nightclub band you find anything find you do on youtube yeah. or anywhere and so so you mentioned wanting to start writing for other folks writing for mm-hmm. projects uh would it be tv movies just anything really well we, i wanted to write for like britney spears <laughs> like i literally okay so other artists yeah, yeah i wanted to sell i mean i was like i want to write for britney that's my dream like I wanted, like, Blackout's, like, one of my favorite albums okay. ever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, the album she came out with when she was going crazy mm-hmm. and, like, you know, shaved her head and stuff. I love that album so much. And it's so, a completely different sound than it, it completely reinvented her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, like, her darkest sound ever, basically. I think that's why I gravitated to it so much. So, that was like, another thing when we first met. We were both, do you like Blackout? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's my favorite <laughs> yeah. Britney Spears album. It's like, all right. All right and, like and, by the way, know. like, a guy who loves pop music like I don't find a lot of people going like like oh you like Britney Spears no, but like, like pre, pre-blackout pre Britney Spears live show was insane her band was awesome right yeah her live band was cool so yeah I, I she's could, no joke mm, no not at all not at all so I yeah so I basically was like I think it was like the Selena Gomez song originally that made us write yeah we were kind of just we had just yeah love you like a love song had just come out mm-hmm. and so we kind of we were just thinking, like, what if we wrote a song in the vein of that? Or just, like, kind of in that realm of writing. Mm-hmm. But then we ended up coming up with something completely different. Because the tendency, like, whenever I write songs, whenever she writes songs, and when we write together, they become kind of dark. And just naturally. <laughs> I think it's yeah. impossible for us to write a happy song, honestly. <laughs> yeah. like, we just like dark, minor key stuff. But we like yeah. catchiness, and we like pop, but it equally like it dark. And... And it's interesting how your your sound is very iconic. It's it's something that you can hear and go, oh, that's nightclub. And then when a song comes around like "Not in Love," mm-hmm. uh, where where did that sort of turn come from? Meaning, like what? Like why what, did we write "Not in Love"? Well, or? I mean, I mean, why? What yeah. inspired that sound compared to, to write a ballad? Yeah, the the ballad. Uh, I think we just like all kinds of. I mean. We we definitely decided with this record we were going to keep it pounding mm-hmm. and even but we'd still ended up doing a ballad. We just like songwriting. But it was just a, a darker, sadder ballad. I think this yeah. one. It still like is in the vein of. But we just I don't know. I think we just like songs, and sometimes <laughs> they end up being. I mean, and what I mean by that is like songwriting, not yeah. just like we're in a band and it's cool and yeah, we're awesome. Time to write another it's song. Like, it's like we want to write music that someone could perform. Mm-hmm. And not us. <laughs> right. Because if, if it's a good song, anyone can perform it. Yeah. No, and, I, and that's sort of what we aim for. I don't know if we always hit it, but that's what we aim for. <laughs> Weird example <laughs> that came cool. to my mind, uh, and I, I Will Always Love You, Dolly Parton and Winnie Houston both right. made it an amazing song, and it's what, from yeah. the songwriting. Wasn't Elvis going to do that song? Yeah, actually, yeah. that's a great story. Elvis covered it, mm-hmm. and then 
Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis cornered Dolly Parton when she's like 19 or 18 or something. They're like, we want to have half the song rights. That, so Elvis gets like half the songwriting. And she stood up to both of them and was like, I'm not going to have you do it then. And that's why she's still here. And he died on the crap <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying it's a conspiracy, but Maybe. it might be. It's, but it might be. Yeah. Um, so going into the, what's the mindset of writing for other folks? Like trying, trying to make that universal song. I don't know if you can make it a universal because if you make it too universal, it's just bad bubblegum pop. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it does. I love have, One Direction. I, I, I'm, well, I do too. I mean, I'm not knocking it, but really do. They, yeah. they know how to write pop songs. But it's or it's, whoever writes them. Well, yeah, it's hard to. You just got to write from a place that you feel something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, it, we don't necessarily write for someone. It's like you write something and you go later. You go like we thought on this record. Man, if Britney Spears had done Bad Girl, that would be an awesome song. Yeah. I mean, it's still an awesome song. Yeah, but it would be it'd be <laughs> awesome if she was doing it. I mean, wh- I know. I, speaking of, speaking yeah. of Bad Girl, real quick, what what led you to getting people to remix? Because there's the the Bad Girl remix EP too. What what led to that? We had a lot of people just asking us if they could do it, and yeah. then we were just kind of That's like, so sweet. yeah, and then we were just kind of like, why don't we just do a remix EP then? Because we have all these remixes coming in, mm-hmm. um, and they were really good, and they came out really good, and we were just like, why don't we just compile something and put it out and. Um, everyone did a really good job, so... Yeah, and you just kind of, by playing shows and playing with other bands, you meet people and, like, oh, you should remix something for us. And, you know, and then we've done remixes. Like, we remixed Junkie XL this year for the... Deadpool. The Deadpool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and like uh, I just did one for Pussifer uh, that's coming out. That's so, like, so it's fun awesome. to do somebody else's, yeah. but then it's also fun for us to just give up ours mm-hmm. stuff and go... Here it is. What do you want to do with it? Yeah. And that's kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. I, and it also speaks to ma- the malleability of of the piece and the sound and this whole world. Like people, usually, I mean, Daft Punk does the they do the regular album, then they do the remix album, right? And it, yep. it, nobody really, or the the bigger world of electronic music didn't really get that until the Tron record. But everybody still liked the idea. So it, yeah, it's a it's a great practice to maintain. I, mean, I think the goal. I mean. I don't know if we talked about this yet, but the goal is like eventually, like in a few months or something, to put out like a whole remix album of this album. Of Requiem, yeah, Yeah. dude. I know. So we want to do like each song remixed, put together, and just have it be like a big thing that you could just like get. Yeah, the remixed version of the record. Yeah, because there's because there's there's so many ways. Like when we were writing these songs, like they could have gone so many ways. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool to just give the stems to people the the music. And have them go, yeah, just flip the song and see what would happen with it. Is there an ETA for that? Or is that is that something that's just kind of being kicked around? I, and we're going to do it. I yeah. think it's it'll probably be beginning of the year, mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. around there. Once you have time in between regular well, job and the great thing about a remix around, album is we don't do it. You just let it go. We, yeah, we give it to, to the people and they do it. And We just have to find the people that we want to maybe do it. But Yeah, yeah. but we, we, we were so happy ideas. with the Bad Girl remix EP mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think we can find some great people. Yeah, I agree. I, I look forward to it. I mean, the, this hearing how different that one song sounded is can be exciting to hear. Like one of one of my favorite songs on the record, "Pray." Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what what somebody could do to that one. <laughs> I know. Um, and it, it, so right now, uh, if you're listening to us live, the record's available. It's available digitally, and uh, you can you can order it. When you order it digital, you get sent the physical, correct? You can buy the physical copy, and then you can download, you know. Opposite. From yeah. our okay. website, nightclubband.com. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Classic plug. <laughs> yeah. Um, do yourself a favor. Um, 
I would buy it, wait to listen to it until the morning, though, or else you won't sleep. Because ju- <laughs> you'll just keep listening to the tracks over and over and over. Um, now, when did TV come in? Because uh, a lot of your music's been featured on uh, Awkward, Jersey Shore, Mysteries of Laura, Big Tips, Texas. Like a whole bunch, a wide assortment of shows, scripted, unscripted reality. When, when did that come into the picture? Um, well... We, I think it was our first EP or something that we just licensed. We did, like, a blanket license with MTV. Yeah, um, so we, we gave it to MTV mm-hmm. to use in different shows. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that just gets lost, and they don't use it ever. But I'd, I had done some licensing before with other bands and other things, and I had a strong feeling with our music it would be very licensable mm-hmm. just because it's a lot of club. It's very It's like uh, you can cut to it. It's it's very cuttable music, mm-hmm. and so it's like a beat that you can. So it's easy for people easily. to kind of drop in and kind of create a scene. Mm-hmm. So it kind of evolved from there, and then Jersey we started Shore getting was into our first more. placement. <laughs> I was very happy about that. Yeah, because like, you're from one, New Jersey, right? I was like, if there's one show I want to be on, it's Jersey Shore. Yeah, we yeah, got that's the last there. season, right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Right before it got out. Right yeah, I think we got, got in like three episodes or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Was, pretty... That was a good uh, email to get. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten quite a few placements, like, in different... Then it kind of spread to other Then, like, other music supervisors and... would, you know, hear about it or have it or see it or whatever, and then just put it in things, mm-hmm. and we just would get emails being like, hey, we want to do it for the... You yeah, know, we actually licensed Freak Like Me already. Right. Oh, really? Um, for uh, Trunk Club. Um you're right. using it as their the, promo. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's tr- yeah. Trunk Club. The, it's like a stylist. Like, the stylist service where yes. yeah. you get yeah. your own, I mean, they're not a sponsor, but you get your own personal stylist and yeah. they send you clothes. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait exactly. to see how they use it. I yeah. know. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. We're like very excited yeah, about it. Yeah, that came in before the album was out, so we were really happy that, you know. <laughs> you never know. You never know where this stuff ends yeah. up. Right. Wow. Right. <laughs> and it's cool. Like, I mean, on the first EP, you know. A song on there turned into the Moonbeam City theme. Yeah. So you just never know what's going to turn into what. <laughs> well, uh, I, well, since you bring up since you bring up Moonbeam City, mm-hmm. why don't we go to that? Mm-hmm. Um, when when did another one be? Was that the calling card? Because I remember I, I don't remember if we heard the story from you or from Scott where somebody just showed a picture. It's like I'm thinking of like pink on black, and then they just mm-hmm. show your logo, and like yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, when, when did that When did that start? Um, Chris Pernowski, who owns Titmouse, who's the animation studio that, that made Moonbeam City, came to our first show, and I think just in the back of his head, he's just a, he's a smart guy, so he sees certain things and goes, oh, I know how to use that later. Mm-hmm. And when Scott came to him to, like, to do the show, kind of Titmouse had to pitch themselves to be the studio, so they made a little teaser trailer. And he just called me up and was like, hey, can we use some of your music instrumentally? You know, just to kind of help sell the studio on this. And so I gave him like five instrumentals off the, the EP, mm. and they settled on another one, the instrumental version of it. And then that just kind of morphed from there into the theme song. And it is kind of weird how the, the regular version of the song kind of fits with Dazzle just a little bit. It's kind of weird when you think like about it. Like the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird how that just ended up happening. I know. Um, that was a very personal song for me. So it yeah. made me very happy when that became the theme song. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, yes. Like, yeah, for sure. It was my, my moment of fuck you. <laughs> my revenge moment. 
Yeah. It sort of uh, got etched into stone. Um, <laughs> was there, since since you worked on the show, was there any sort of a bias on getting more of your music in as opposed to, hey, let's, let's write, let's get some other stuff, as opposed to, no, nightclub, that's... It kind of just, it. It, it really just mm-hmm. naturally happened, mm-hmm. because originally that thing was cut without my involvement, mm-hmm. that music, and Scott liked it so much, and then it kind of just morphed into... Um, we don't have a budget to do this pilot. There's no music budget. And I was like, well, how about we just score it? We'll just do it free of charge. And mm-hmm. if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, throw it away. You know? And so that was a lot of work on our part to do, to not be paid for. Yeah, but... But we were like, it's worth the shot. Especially... And, and it felt like... I, I just knew we would nail it. Mm-hmm. I just I just knew that... I knew what that show was. That And I will say, that pilot is one of the few pilots that matches the the voice of the rest of the show like a lot of pilots seem somewhat disconnected from yep. the entire rest of the mm-hmm. show but that the moonbeam city pilot is not and that's i think right. it's still available for free if you if you haven't seen moonbeam city for the love of god support the show posthumously because <laughs> um, unfortunately it's not coming back but um yeah, yeah. I, that's a testament to scott though because he knew what he wanted mm-hmm. I, I, it was a real like joy to work with him on that thing because he knew what he wanted yeah. Is there any plan since, unfortunately, Moon City is gone? Is there mm-hmm. any any idea to use that visual style in any future tracks for Nightclub? Like to sort of give back the other way? I I mean, we kind of wrote it really well. Like okay. it, it was a it was a great ride, and and ultimately when it was mm-hmm. done, we, we've watched basically over the last three four years like this thing called like Outrun. And synth wave and all these things that are kind of happening, which are very in the Moonbeam City vein. Mm-hmm. And now, like Stranger Things, and you know, Mitch Murder, and kind of, yeah, this is so much of it. Yeah, that we kind of consciously deviated away from it. That's pretty. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's smart. We feel like it's just there's too much of it, mm-hmm. and as much as we like it, and yeah. we've made three EPs of that, we were just like, we got to define ourselves as a separate thing. Because there's just too much, too many of those bands right now. Mm-hmm. Some of them are great, mm-hmm. but there's too many of them. Yeah. Uh, visually, is there any to to get that the yeah. the visual style of Moonbeam with the with the lasers and everything to incorporate into? That's a, the thing is yeah. Outrun and Synthwave. It's still that same is stuff. that visual? Okay. That's so aesthetic. Outrun the the game. That's why people use call it that. Okay. But that's the, it's that's oh, what that's, people call okay. Synthwave. They call yes. it Outwit. It's like yeah. that's sort of. And and everyone does do those pink grids, mm. the logos. There's like actually, everything it looks like Moonbeam City. Now that you mention it, there's there's a meme. There's an '80s meme generator that's the grid. Oh, is that like, new? Yeah, that, it's like going around right now. Yeah, right? yeah, and I've seen that. It's it's kind of the new Stranger Things font okay. maker. Oh, yeah, where everybody yeah. it's it's got like the written on text and yep. the triangle. Yep. Yeah, and and it'll it, don't worry, it'll be gone in like a week or two, and then <laughs> everybody will forget all about it. Um, Going back to, uh, you've been releasing a lot of music videos uh, from the course of the EP and all the right. way up to here. Uh, how did you choose for the different looks and the different messages? Because Not In Love is is a very specific type of look. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants to play with fire. It tells a completely uh-huh. different type of story. Uh, what what type of message do you want to come across in these videos? I'll let you answer that because you're the director of all of them. <laughs> he does I, don't, all the I don't know. We kind of, it's weird. They, they, they come from really strange sources sometimes like love struck was like hey let's do something like danzig mother <laughs> which you wouldn't think for that song but we were just like stylistically that would be kind of cool so that's what it is 
it's we're basically ripping styles. Just blew but, my mind. But you don't really think. <laughs> but you don't think that song would be Mother. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Mother Dancing now, you'll go. Dancing is all of our music. All of our Secret videos. Lady. Everything. She wants to play with fire. Is like Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. like chick flick, um, exploitation flick. You know, they all kind of come from weird. Yeah, and Control was place. like uh, Fiona Apple. Oh, we want to do like a song criminal. Like criminal or something, yeah. And they start in weird spots, and then they obviously just mutate into something completely else. But like, mutate's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> like we're we're doing we're well, we haven't shot it yet, but um, we're doing a video for Dear Enemy, which is mm-hmm. on the new record, and so that one's kind of like inspired by I think Seven. Yeah, right. We were like thinking about Seven. Um, That's the starting point, and then it's funny because we like. What ended up happening is we did this. We scored this movie that's coming out um, in December, and, and the guy that, that and the right. guy that wrote the movie, Andrew Kevin Walker, wrote seven. Got, wrote seven, and so it kind of just sort of became like, hey, and so then I asked him. I was like, hey, you want to do our, our direct this video? And then he was like. I'm like slammed. He's, he's a but, big nightclub supporter. Yeah, he's okay. a great he's very nightclub supporter. Nice. He like, a shirt. Yeah, he, was he, like, he supports us for sure. I mean, yeah. He's a great guy. And so I was like, I get it. You're a busy guy, but I'm still probably going to nick something from seven. I'm going to rip you off. <laughs> least, yeah. If you're not going to do it, yeah. I'm going to do it. At yeah. least you told him. Because yeah. I'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, no, no, no. It's I'm his sure, fault. I'm sure and then looks, ultimately, it's not going to look like that. It's not going to look anything like it. Right. That's what happens every time. You right. shoot for something and then it mutates. It changes in editing. It changes in post all the time. It sometimes. just changes. Or sometimes you're like, we don't have the money for that. What do we do? <laughs> uh, you know, and surprisingly, our videos are made really cheap. It's just blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. I mean, uh, I, I think my favorite thing consistently is how much performance is, is in every video. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of performance, you, you just have... A mode about you in all of the videos. Did you? Was, did that come from a t- particular place? Like of just me? Yeah, or? just serious. Like I'm. <laughs> I am just here to play music. I'm not for the camera. This is this is all, this is Emily's show. Like, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, that's how I that think about it. Yeah, yes. I don't know. I, I I don't like bands where like the keyboard play. It's funny because we, we saw I, this band will remain nameless, but we went and saw them. And the annoying keyboard player is trying to upstage the female singer that everyone's there for. Right. She's and like it's inching really his annoying. Way, like to the center of the stage. And like, like he's literally around her shaking like, a tambourine. Like oh, he just come on. trying to be the star. And that's not me, man. She's the star. I'm in the back. I don't know about I'm that. I'm the drum I'm the drummer. <laughs> that's how I view it. You're the David Ball. Yeah. I'm David Ball, who is the keyboard player in Soft Cell. No idea. Let's just let's just throw that in the. That wasn't the band you're referencing, was it? Huh? I hope not. That wasn't the band you were no. referencing. Okay. So, no, you, no. You know Soft Cell, right? I, I, do know, I don't know Soft Cell. I'm sorry. Tainted, Tainted Love. Love. Oh, yeah, uh, Brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like awesome. it's Los Angeles. I mean, that is like their their biggest hit, one of their only. Hits. Yeah. So Mark Almond was the singer, mm. and he went solo yeah. and became famous, and everybody knows him. And then Dave Ball's the guy that was just like behind playing keyboards. <laughs> I've kind of always used that as my you go to. Yeah. I always kind of liked that about him, mm. that he wasn't upstaging the singer. It, it, you know? it, I, regardless, you have held both, both your presence in the videos are, it, it's fun when it ha- needs to be, sad when it needs to be, exciting when it needs to be. A, a lot of people who try to do independent music videos could really learn a thing or two from you. 
And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Jeez. Thanks. I mean, Thank it's, you. Fun. It's, nice. it's the director in you as well. Some people... It's all this guy right here. Nine, the magic. Nine. You're good at Guys. it. You're good at it. <laughs> what else? Please. Tell me more. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, well, you mentioned the the movie. Y'all scored a movie, Nerdland. Tell, yes. So tell, tell us a little bit about that, too. So that was another Chris P. thing. <laughs> he goes, hey, man. Hey, man. I don't know. I can't do a great Chris <laughs> P. Hey, man. I'm, I'm directing this movie, and I don't know. Like, you know, like, you want to, like help me fix it and work on it and tweak it and you know because once you get in editing you're like especially an animatic and it's a movie you, there's so much give and take in the play of all of it and so I ended up helping him editing a little bit and doing music and it was like this opportunity hey you want to do because Moonbeam worked so well mm-hmm. you want to do some music for this and see what the guys think which was Andrew Kevin Walker and Gavin who uh, is a producer of it and so the two of them Ended up liking our tracks, and so we ended up kind of doing the whole thing. But uh, as we said, he wrote seven, and he's done some amazing stuff. Great guy. Uh, when's the release? It's it's gone on a festival circuit, but I is I, it Tribeca? Um, I, I I think it's, it's right after Christmas. It's day after mm-hmm. Christmas. It, it's obviously just type in Nerdland like Samuel Goldwyn. I think it's doing like a limited um, release or something. So I've seen it around on social media, on like Facebook yeah. and, and mm-hmm. Twitter and stuff. So I know it's it's slowly building up. Yeah, uh, it's a bigger following. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. at Annecy in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a Beyond Fest. Beyond um, Fest here. Yeah. What was the Tribeca, Tribeca Film Festival? Yeah. That's uh-huh. where it debuted. Uh-huh. But there'll be an actual, you know, airing of it. I think in a lot of theaters for like about a week, and then it'll be, I believe, released wide just digitally after that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the smarter thing to do now. Yeah. Just get what get what you can from movies. Good to experience it. But most people probably just, uh, just let me just download that today. Exactly. Speaking of things you can download today, yeah. Requiem for Romance. Uh we we mentioned it at the top of the show and consistently. Um <laughs> this it's a it's a fun record. I want uh tell us a little bit about what it takes going into a full record as opposed to an EP. Oh. And and the process. <laughs> um it t- I mean, it took about two years to make, I would say. Um, so yeah. it's, it's definitely... Uh, You're hearing a little bit of Requiem right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're really picky. Yeah. So we write lots of instrumentals, lots of songs. Like, I'm probably 50 or up, you know, tons of instrumentals. And then it's which ones evolve and morph into lyrical ideas. Mm-hmm. And then are those performances good? And, and then by the end of it, it's years and yeah. you have ten songs you can stand. I mean, there were like we were going in so many different directions before we decided on this direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were just playing around for a while, and I think we just were getting—I don't know—it just wasn't working. And then we wrote—was it? Do we write "Bad Girl" right? Yeah. And then we were just like, "Oh yeah, this should be the direction of the album." Mm. Like we were just kind of lost for a while, I think, and just not really inspired by much. And yeah, we got kind of bummed because Moonbeam got cancelled we thought it was such a great show and it was such a but it kind of culminated in that's that sound and that's our band sound mm-hmm. so we've got to change because there's so many people doing this sound now when we started there wasn't that's and helpful though that's helpful to get that that little bit of a wake up call and it's unfortunate that the show had to go down yeah. as a result of it but this being one of the positive things to come out is, is definitely a plus we, we, I mean this year has been pretty pretty rough for us personally yeah. I think um, like we've, we've gone through a lot of hard times this year so um, yeah I think, problems with people friendships yeah. business stuff touring 
health mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's been a rough year, so <laughs> it just kind of became a darker record, yeah. and we just realized it was going to be a dark it, record to just, just go for it. It just became like easy to write, because all these things were happening, and then we're just like, oh yeah, this would be a good song, this would be a good song. Like it just like the inspiration just started coming and it mm-hmm. was like it was great because we were just going through all this bullshit and then we just you know it was so therapeutic to just like write about it and you know there it is and so who is know. Dear Enemy about? I'm can't no don't you don't don't have to answer that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were waiting for someone to ask us about this. Um, do you really want us to answer the question? If if you want to, like I can't. We can't say who it is, yeah, yeah. but. Um, what what's what's the story behind some some of the the darker theme like like a dear enemy? How, how does there's a there's a thematic thing in this record? Yeah, it's, I, it's friendship it. and friendship and love and people kind of double crossing you, stabbing you in the back, and really not being your friend. Yeah, and it's happened in multiple multiple occasions in the last <laughs> year. So it's not even just one person; it's multiple people. Yeah, and we just kind of clung to each other and we're like what is happening <laughs> why is everyone being such a jerk mm. and so we just decided hey you know what just let's put it in the music and just be real what was yeah. the what was the first track that you finalized for Red Room for Romance Bad Girl I think Bad Girl Bad Girl yeah, yeah. and then show yeah. it to me yeah and then show it to me we were touring <clears throat> those ones for a little bit yeah and then the, a lot of them were kind of around and then mm-hmm. it just like like even like things like Prey and Freak Like Me, mm-hmm. some of those things were like lingering for a year and a half, two years, really? and mm-hmm. instrumentally. Like Little Token was one that, um, which is like the, the ballad, mm-hmm. the end of it. Like that was one where, I, like I think I was just like by myself and I was just really sad or something, and I was just kind of writing, you know, and just like playing these piano chords, and I came up with the little top line, but there were no lyrics or anything yet, and that was just kind of sitting around for like. Yeah, like a yeah. year and a half or something. Yeah. Um, and we were, you know, I just thought it was scrapped. I was like, oh, this, like, this is my little, I think I called it Sad Sack or something. <laughs> yeah. I titled it Sad Sack. Yep. Um, and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this song. And then, you know, when we were, like, making it, we were like, oh, we were listening back the instrumentals that we did, and we were like, oh, this kind of fits pretty well. Um, you know, we just wanted some variety, and it was like we didn't really have a little piano song yet. Mm. So we put it on, and yeah, it worked. Yeah, just sort of... <clears throat> yeah, lyrically, I'd say this record came together in the last six months. Really? Mm-hmm. Musically, over two years. Just to nail all, all of the, the direct sound down. Yeah, I'm, it's just because it's a weird experimentation. That, but that's, you know? That, we just... I don't know. We weren't like, you know what would sound great? Is this kind of sound with this... Like, like Bad Girl, when we first mm-hmm. finished it, we were like, whoa, that's really cool. You know, like, we don't know what we're doing. We're, I mean, we think we know what we're doing, but it's experimentation. It's, it's my like, favorite answer of anything ever. You know what we're doing? You just get to a point where you're like, oh, yeah, that's that should have been Britney Spears' new single. <laughs> and yep. And we just, I don't know. Yeah. And then that kind of informed the whole album as a whole. Like, the sound of it. And, and sort of was influenced by us playing live more and more. Mm. Like, our music, even the stuff that was a little poppier and a little cleaner earlier, like the kind of more 80s-ish, retro-y kind of sound, would sound distorted live and grittier Mm. live. And then we were like, you know what? Let's make a record that sounds like we sound live. 
And that's what that record sounds like. Even yeah. even better to hear. Because sometimes there's a lot of bands that sound completely different live yeah. and seem to like never notice. They're just like, no, 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 this is fine. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Right. Um, but with this, is are, are you planning on incorporating this into your current set, or are you going to play this top to bottom? We're playing a lot of this. Mm. Tomorrow night's the first night of us playing any of these new yeah, songs. We're not playing for... every song, but we're mm-hmm. playing most of the album. How, then... how, how hard is it to, to pick one pick one or two or the, the couple to not play? <sighs> I think we just kind of experiment. And yeah. Then... And then, you know, like, if we're not playing one and then, you know, we'll find out that people online are really digging one or mm-hmm. something, then we'll maybe start incorporating that in the set. I mean, we're just kind of picking songs off of what we think are the strongest and what we've heard are the strongest, you know, so far. Yeah. So I think that's kind of how we're working right now. But um. But then you saying pray makes us go, maybe we should play it. I know, well, we weren't planning to play that tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's it starts in a way that not, it doesn't speak directly to your regular sound yeah but and and it's alarming in the way because the the whole record like as you mentioned it's sort of all thematically bracketed Mm -hmm. leads up to a sort like an underbeat it's it's very different yeah uh, i'm terrible at describing music like my (laughs) my dad's a musician and i'm the what's a guitar but uh (laughs) um and also the fact that it doesn't start with emily it is me. It's it her. is you, just yeah. toned down. Yeah, we just we we played with pitch a lot this record. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, which we just got carried away. We just loved. Yeah, it so every much. vocal on this record is her. Okay. Yeah, because people thought it was like, is that Mark singing? Yeah, like, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, yeah. no. It's all her. <sighs> yeah. The 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 lyrics and the entire the fact that it builds to this huge crescendo that ends in Little Token. You're right. Um, that it feels like. It feels, um, not to say that it was a struggle to get through the record, but it feels like the reward of, I, I just listen to all this great music. Now here's something to think about. Right. It, it, <laughs> and, and that's what I like about it, is listening top to bottom to it. It's, yeah. it's all like, fuck yeah, sort of uh, fist, fist pumping music. And then we get to this and it's like, there's a yeah. modern, uh, like electronic, like a prayer. We, uh, we kind of, um, we, we realized that while we were making it, it's, it's kind of, um, it kind of became a weird concept album. Yeah. Where it starts off almost like braggadocious, mm. and then it kind of moves and gets a little more angry, and then like yeah, it's sort it's of the kind of... story of what happened from Moonbeam exactly. to now, which yeah. is a lot of confidence, a lot of great things happening, and this downward spiral. It's interesting because it, this the sound and the lyrics and all of the vocals mm-hmm. make it feel like this opens with. Like a purpose, mm-hmm. like th- this is this. You're praying. This is your last stand. Mm-hmm. You were you were pushed to pray. You yeah. don't usually pray, but damn it, it's it's time now. And and I I love the idea behind the song. Right. It's real. Oh, yeah, it you. comes from a real place. For and sure. it comes through. It totally comes through. Like I'm surprised to hear that. Not too many other people mention that Prey is a, is a standout for it, but... I don't think many people have heard it yet. I mean, we don't know. We've been maybe... sort of in a bubble, because mm-hmm. we just finished it about a month ago. Okay. Which isn't right. how records are normally made, but we don't really care. We were <laughs> like, let's put it out now. Let's get it out. Let's wait, wait. Come, You know? Right. But a lot of people, like, wait. Let's set up the publicity. Let's set up three months, four months, and then by that time, you're kind of... Yeah. You're not in the headspace. This yeah. is, like, still really fresh and raw to us. <laughs> No, we just finished it. Agreed. Yeah. And, and it's better to, 
it's done. Put it out instead of, oh, well, we can tweak this here. We can move this here, move it around. You keep looking at it. It'll never be done. Right. Um, but lo- love the record. I know, I'm oh, sure I've said that a whole, a whole bunch. No, I, um, we appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's something that's that's going to be a, a soundtrack of my life moving forward. Just it, it, <laughs> You feel it coming through. You feel Thank it coming you. through. Um, and you mentioned your shows. Tomorrow is the the launch show in San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah, it's our album release party. It's sort of our home um, away from home, San Francisco. I know they treat us so well there. Like we don't have a big presence in LA, but somehow San Francisco has become like our place. Mm-hmm. I, and have you played at the DNA Lounge before? Yeah, that's like yeah. the only place we've played. We played there a bunch. Um, I, I saw one of my favorite bands up there. It's uh, I love that little spot. Who yeah. did you see? Yeah. Uh, the Proto Men. The they are a Mega Man themed electronic rock. <laughs> oh, wow. Of course, that of course would be there. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Yeah. That's yeah. that's <laughs> DNA Lounge. They're cool. Yeah. Did you yeah. see it upstairs or in the big room? Uh, upstairs. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, sort of a smaller stages. house place uh, or a sm- smaller. smaller unfortunately, house. there's like twelve of them. Yeah. but they only oh play small rooms, so there's barely enough room for them on stage. Oh, that's like, a small uh, stage for that. Also, yeah. CIA here. Um, which is like maybe 60, 70 people total and a tiny stage. They they all fit up there somehow. Wow. Um, but so then you're, you're going from San Francisco to Arizona. Yep. (laughs) I hope you're flying. Nope. No. Driving. That's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Hopefully it's a late show. It's, it's because it got, it got, it got moved. Mm, We were going to do it another day. At least these things have been planned for a while. And it was like this place that we play called the grid, Mm -hmm. which has a giant moonbeam grid inside of it. And has a lot of the synthwave kind of bands, and they've been really supportive of us. Um, had their one year anniversary, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Can you guys please come a week earlier, and let's put it on our anniversary?" We're like, All right. So, <laughs> so we'll just sleep less, drive more, just hire, just Uber. That'll yeah. be fine. It'll be perfect. Then you can yeah. just sleep in the car the whole way, right? And just skate on the bill. Why not? Yeah. Put on a company you know, card. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah. So that that'll be a fun drive. <laughs> But you're going all around. Well, I, I say all around the country, yeah. but you're you're going west. You're going way east, yes. and then you're then California at the end of the month. Yep. yep. Uh, you're coming back Los Angeles. You're playing the Mayan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're, we're opening for prayers at the Mayan. Yeah. Super cool. And prayers is this really awesome. Um, they're called Shologoth. That's mm-hmm. what they call themselves. Um, and uh, it's like these two guys, and they're just fucking, I don't know, badass. And yeah. They're just like. They're awesome. It's yeah. A, Gonna be really fun. They're they're <gasps> perfect for the Mayan. That is a very interesting venue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then you're going to in November. You're going to Austin. Uh, do you guys play Austin very often? Yeah, we played Austin twice this year. Um, we have a friend that's kind of a promoter twice. out there. That, we played like South by Southwest. Yeah. Unoffic- an unofficial showcase. It was uh, it was like this dark electronic showcase. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. So, yeah, Austin's great. Yeah. Such a cool place. How often do you tour? Now that the record's done, is it just, is it going to be as much touring as you can? Yeah, we pick up shows whenever, I mean, the good thing about this band is it's just whenever we want to go somewhere. That's we so don't funny. have to, like, we've done tours where it's like, okay, we're going for two or three weeks, and then we're playing a Monday night to three people. We've done that a <laughs> right. lot. We're and just going to focus on weekends, I think, at this point. <laughs> it's just It just makes more sense, and plus, like, we both have jobs, and it's like, we just can't you know, go for weeks at a time right yeah. now. So we just basically try and get a Friday, Saturday show that's a good show. Mm. Yeah. And 
it ends up just being better that way. You were in the UK a little while ago too. Mm-hmm. What is what is your goal for tra- for travel with the group? Like, do you want to head to Asia? What what's your oh, dream? God. What's your dream location for the group and, and playing? Europe. That's a good yeah, I guess Europe. Europe. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love to play Japan, mm-hmm. Australia. We want to try to play but... Germany maybe next summer. Yeah, that's Maybe. sort of in the works to to come over there and and yeah. do some festivals there in the summer. So hopefully that'll happen. We want to come back. Yeah, I hope so too. The this spread. I mean, as if electronic music didn't need, needed help being spread, but right. the the nightclub version of it, I I think needs to get to as many ears as possible. <laughs> and again, I'm not just saying that because you're here. Uh, you put out a, a super solid record. If you haven't downloaded it yet, you can go now at nightclubband.bandcamp.com. Download it all. And all of it. I don't mean just Requiem for Romance. I mean every <laughs> single EP, all of it, and get a new soundtrack for your life. It's it's so subscribe <laughs> on YouTube, everything. Uh, what, so yeah. what what social media places can everybody find you and follow the group? Um, fa- a- Facebook mm-hmm. or you know nightclub band. Yeah, uh, or just search nightclub, and I think we probably come up. Um, it's basically nightclub band on every everywhere Facebook. Yeah. Twitter, Nyclo Twitter, Nyclo Twitter, Nyclo Band. SoundCloud, Nyclo Band. We do not have a chat, uh, Snapchat. Yeah. I think Thank I'm you. too lazy. Thank I'm you, God. S- I'm too lazy for that shit. How does anyone do that? I have no idea. I no think it's, it's already got, Instagram started the, the Instagram stories, and I that's, know, that's already gone anyway. So. Oh, yeah, we're on Instagram too, Nyclo Band. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, pretty much. Like, how do people do more than that? I don't know. Like, I know people who just set up one app that posts to everything. That's, oh. that's the easiest. I guess it is. Yeah. He doesn't do any social media stuff. Yeah. So. She's in charge. Right. That's my job. Now, what? last thoughts, future, where, what What are you looking forward to to this tour, to this record? What do you want people to take from Rec Room from Merlin's? <sighs> I want people to think that maybe we're, they maybe could give us a little more credit than they have. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I feel like... A lot of times people just write us off as a pop band, or that it's just kind of not real not, or something. People don't think pop is cool, I think, and uh, they just kind of, I don't know, like, it's really hard to do. It's really hard to it's do. It's difficult to make really memorable, catchy music. Also, from a real point of view, that's the lyrics are real. In, instead yeah. of just being cookie cutter, yeah. Mad Lib. Yeah, right. no, I agree. right. It's like we wrote everything, we and, and so else. we kind of get this problem where we're we're not indie enough for the indie crowd, mm-hmm. we're not pop enough for the pop crowd. But like we kind of like being in that middle, where it is indie. We put out our own records, we book our mm-hmm. own tours, we do all of our own. We stuff. literally have no one else. <laughs> yeah, it's all us. We just do uh, it ourselves, you know. Yeah, it's a labor of love. Yeah, yeah. And it comes Absolutely. across. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it really is. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you very it's much. Ab- absolute pleasure. Love having you in for Moonbeam. Love having you in here. Super excited. Thank the you. record again is Requiem for Romance Nightclub. Thank you so much for joining Thank Emily you very and Mark. Much. We will see you next time on AfterBuzz TV's The Concert Experience. I've been Mark Bidonica. Follow me on Twitter, Mark Bidonica, if you want. Follow them instead at Nightclub Band. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later!
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.